Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, this morning, I want you to turn with me to Romans, the uh, first chapter. I have some things in my heart, and I just want to do, do some encouraging this morning. Encourage you, stir you up in some areas. How many know that from time to time we need to be stirred up and encouraged in what we're doing, why we're doing it? Because, you know, the enemy wants us to get tired. You know, the Bible oftentimes talks about that we need perseverance, we need endurance. Add to your faith perseverance, add to your faith endurance. And so there is an aspect of our walk that, that's important that, that we need to persevere because we have an enemy, an enemy of our faith that's, that's set against us. And we need to be encouraged and motivated and stirred up to continue on pursuing Jesus and, and the things of God. And so I want to look at here at Romans, the first chapter, Romans chapter 1. It's a scripture that we all know very well. It says, for in it, this is the gospel, the good news, the righteousness, this is Romans 1, 17, For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. You know, when I read that scripture, it tells me a couple things. You know, there's many different ways of looking at the subject of faith. And and I'll I'll just say this, you know, for the last uh, few months, uh, for me personally, it's just been a a topic or a subject that the Lord has continually been bringing back to my remembrance and and encouraging me and strengthening me and... uh, uh, in the subject of our faith. And when I read this scripture, uh, like I said, there's many ways to look at it, but it says here that the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Meaning our faith can grow, our faith can develop. What we've seen in our comprehension and understanding of the subject of faith and the life of faith, uh, what it is today is great, but how many know that tomorrow it should look different? I said tomorrow it should look different. I hope you can look back on your life, your Christian walk, and your faith looks different today than it did yesterday. That your faith looks different in 2020 than it did in, in 1990 or 2000 or whatever year uh, you want to go back. That it looks different, even different than it did yesterday. Our faith is to develop. When we get a hold of the good news, the, 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 the gospel, our faith is to grow. Amen? So, so that the, the righteousness of God is revealed from, from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. You know, this message of faith is not uh, um, the topic of faith. The message of faith is more than just a message. It's more than just a theological point. It's more than just a group that we belong to. Now, you know, we've always said, you know, we're a, we're a spirit-filled, a word and spirit church. We're a word of faith church, kind of the moniker that we've, that we've taken hold of. But the subject of faith is more than a moniker. It's more than a title. It's more than a group. It's more than, it's more than just a kind of a, a random or nebulous out there kind of thing of, of values that we hold. Faith is more, it's all, of, it's all of those things. It is values that we hold. It is a group that we belong to. It is a message. Thank God for the message of faith. Change your life, right? But faith is more than all those things. Faith is a lifestyle. Faith is a lifestyle, it says, the just shall live by faith. And that wasn't just anybody talking. That's the scriptures. The just shall live by faith. It's a lifestyle, this life of faith that we have. I want to inspire you this morning and just stir you up to live that life of faith. You know, it's so easy to live other things. 
you know, the, the Bible says we walk by faith and what? Not by sight. Well, there, there's pressure to live by all kinds of different things. But we've been called as sons and daughters of God to live by faith. You know, reality, the reality is the world, everybody's living by faith. Everybody's living by something that they believe. Every day, all day, people are living by what they believe. Based upon, but it, the difference is what is it based upon? In the gospel, in the, right, the righteousness of God is being revealed faith by faith, and the just shall live by faith. Well, the truth of God's word is the thing that guides our faith and what we're living by. We have to make sure, though, that we're living by that and not living by what we see or what we hear or what it looks like or what it feels like. You know, I think 2020 is the best year of all to bring our attention to the fact that, you know, no matter what, lo- what it looks like, our Father G- and Jesus, they're still God, right? God's still sitting on the throne, amen? What he did for us in redemption still belongs to us. No matter what it looks like, feels like, sounds like, we're going to live by faith and not by anything else. It's a calling. It's a lifestyle. It's not just for preachers. It's a calling for all of us to live by faith, to live by faith. It is our position. It is our man, part of our mandate. We've been called to live by faith. And we can live by faith. You can live by faith. I just want to give us some, smor- the, the, some reasons this morning why we must live by faith. We've read the scripture here in Romans chapter 1. Because you know, I think sometimes we, when we know the reason why, we get revelation. Not just head knowledge, just not just understanding and knowing scriptures, but revelation on some things. We can see the importance why the just must, we must live by faith. And so these are some reasons why we must live by faith. First and foremost, it goes back to because God said so. You know, I found in my life that a lot of things come down to just simple truth. Why do you do certain things that you do? Well, it goes on what you've been told to do. If you want to be a good employee, do what you're told to do, right? How many know that's a secret? How many know to be a good employee, it's not that difficult, just do what you're told? Employees who will do those things, they'll do well at their job. You may not know a whole lot. You may not even be as experienced as others are. But somebody who will do what they're told, they'll learn what they need to learn because they're just doing what they've been told. The people who struggle in life are the ones who won't do what they're told. So I don't like being told what to do. Well, you know, in certain aspects, there are certain people that we should never allow us, allow them to tell us what to do. Kind of like the devil. He should never tell us what to do. Situations, circumstances should never tell us what to do. But I will say this. There's a part of human nature that says, I don't like being told what to do. And that's not a godly thing. It's not a godly thing. As American as it might be. It's not necessarily a godly thing. Everybody's serving somebody. Everybody's obeying somebody. The structure of authority is something that God has set up. And it's not something that any of us, myself included, can avoid, can get out of. Everybody's serving somebody. We just get to choose who we serve. We get to choose what we serve. And every day is a choice. Amen. But one of the main reasons why the first and foremost that we, that we obey God or that we live by faith is because he told us to. We read here in, in Romans chapter 1, 17, the just shall live by faith. Go with me over to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians, the third chapter.
It says, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. Why? For the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Hebrews chapter 10, the 31st verse, 35th verse, Hebrews 10, 35. And I'm going to read a few scriptures here because they're just so good. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, it says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Aren't you glad our confidence has great reward? Aren't you glad that our trust in the Lord Jesus isn't just some hopeless thing? There is great reward attached to our faith. Amen. Our confidence. It says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Verse 38, now the just shall live by faith. It goes on to say, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. And so God has called us and commanded us to live by faith. We ought to look differently and the type of faith that we live after ought to be different than the type of faith other people live after. The other beliefs that other people have, our faith, our trust ought to look different. And the Bible here says in multiple places that the just shall live by faith. So we live by faith because God has told us to, he's commanded us to. Second Corinthians chapter five, the seventh verse, you can look at that. Second Corinthians chapter five in the seventh verse, Paul was writing here by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, for we walk by faith. Another way to say that we live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. You know, I think sometimes we, we because faith is a, is a message or uh, we've, 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 uh, we've taken this subject of faith as a movement. And, and like I said, the, it is a movement and it is, it is, a, it is a, a teaching. It is, a, it is all of those things, but we've, we've compartmentalized it. In our lives, a lot of times we have our Christian life, our church life, and we have the rest of our life. How many know there is no difference between the two? There is no difference between your, your everyday life and your church life. There's no difference between your everyday life and your God life. There's, there's no difference. The reason why we're not as effective as we should be on this earth is because we, we, we oftentimes, I see we, in general, the body of Christ, oftentimes are living two lives. One that's a God kind of life and a faith life and one that's a natural human life a sight-led life. But he said here, we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. You, you understand that it, God intends that every, for every part of our life to be a walk of faith. That means not only coming to church on Sunday morning, we should walk in in faith, which we should. You know, how many of you ought to be believing you're going to get something when you get here? Oh, pastor's not here. It's over. No, the Holy Ghost is here, right? And we laugh, but I can see that on some people's faces sometimes. Listen, if God could use a donkey, he could surely use Pastor Greg Anderson. But he could also use you. He could also use the person next to you. Oh, yeah, it could be you. When we walk in, we ought to walk in with expectation. I'm coming to receive something, but I'm also... Anytime... Whatever you've received, you have freely received. What does he go to say? Then what? Freely give. I tell you, a part of our life, it's, a, it's part of the faith life is a, on this end, it's a give, it's a receiving and then a giving. When you receive something, you ought to be ready to give something. Freely you have received, freely give. Then you ought to live by faith in that area. You've got something to say. Whew. I, 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 you know, I love my personal time with the Lord. 
but I love our time together. Because when the saints gather together, we gather together in his presence, but we also gather together uh, in a position of a, of a not just a receiving, but a giving standpoint. We're, we're not just here just to receive. We're here to minister life to one another. Amen. There are things that I can't get at home by myself because you are not there. He's there. But other things that I can't get because you're not there. I'm not inviting you to come over all the time. I got to have my own private time, right? But we get this opportunity together to, to, to be together, to, to receive from one another. We need to approach our church life in faith. I'm just marking it off the list. Oh, don't let a check mark be your accomplishment for the day or any day, any service. Checked off the list. I move on. No, no, we, we ought not do that. I know I'm kind of taking some time here, but I've been there myself. When Amy and I were at Rama, you know, you're you're in, you're you're in Rama, and you're you're hearing a lot of stuff, a lot. I forget what we figured it up to be. It was years and years and years and years worth of of teachings in a two year period, and we heard a lot of stuff. Sometimes it was overwhelming, and I had to discipline myself to not just okay, this isn't just Tuesday. I got to get through class. Today's Tuesday. We're gonna get through it. No, I had to. I had to discipline myself. I've got something. God's got something for me today. Tell you, when you, anytime you, you approach God, approach anything in faith, the life of faith, God will respond to you. But we're to do more than just approach our spiritual life, our church life, this, but every step of our life can be a step of faith. Our getting up in the morning, God, God not, not just that it could be, God expects it to be a getting up in faith. Every step, every relationship, every interaction, he doesn't want it just to be just whatever. He expects it to be a faith interaction, a faith interaction, a faith conversation. Why? Because the just shall live by faith. You notice in these scriptures, there's not in, he didn't say you walk, so you walk by faith and not by sight. You walk by faith and this, just not by sight. It's just you walk by faith. It's just you live by, you live by faith. I get it, Pastor Greg. Well, let's do it. Let's live this way. So why do we do it first and foremost? We do it because God has commanded us to. It's the will of God that we live by faith. God has given no other prescription for how we as sons and daughters are to live. Look at Galatians chapter 2. Galatians, the second chapter. I learned a long time ago when, when, when somebody's right, don't fight it. When they're right, don't fight it. Just agree with it and go on, right? I mean, God's always right. And the way he says we're to do it, it's the best way. The faith, the, a life of faith is the best kind of life. Galatians 2, 20, this is a scripture that, that uh, Q always likes on, on Wednesday nights, likes to refer to what my favorite scriptures are. This is one of them, so you can, add, you can make sure you mention this. Sometimes he mentions scriptures, like, I don't like that scripture at all. No, I like them all, but Galatians chapter 2, the 20th verse, it says, this is Paul writing, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. Now, I love Paul's commitment here. So, well, that's because he was an apostle. Now, he's, this commitment, this statement is as a son or daughter of God. He said, I have been crucified with Christ. Any of us, any rest of us been crucified with Christ? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. My life is gone. Now it's all Jesus. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
tell you, the life of faith is everything. Never grow tired of hearing about faith and making living by faith a priority in your life. Never grow tired of it. Never grow tired. We'll look more. We're never going to, we'll look more in a minute. We're never going to get away from this. We're never going to grow beyond not needing to live by faith. In fact, the Bible says anything that is not of faith is, anybody know what that is? Three-letter word, sin, yeah. Anything that is not of faith is sin. God is serious about the life of faith. God is serious about the life of faith. I don't know about you, but I'm serious about this life of faith as well. So we do it because God has told us to. Go over to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Hebrews chapter 11. Praise God. Hebrews, the 11th verse. On Sunday nights, I've been talking about this. And to Hebrews, the book of Hebrews is amazing. Hebrews chapter 11 specifically starts earlier in verse in chapter 10. But Hebrews, latter part of 10 into 11, is an amazing chapter. Can't get into all of that, but I do want to look at this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. We're talking, I'm trying to, I want to stir you up. Well, Pastor Gary, if you want to stir us up, you need to more, be more animated. You need to be more excited. I am excited. But I do know this. If we're, if we're relying on emotionalism to keep us motivated, we're going to fall flat. Because there are going to be times when you don't feel like living by faith. I'll be honest with you, this morning when my alarm went off, my, my watch woke me up because I got up a little early. My watch didn't start buzzing and tapping me. And I'm like, woo I'll be honest, I hit the snooze button. I hit the snooze button again. And finally, I got up because I knew I had things I needed. I didn't what? I didn't feel like even getting up. We can't, we can't be motivated by what we feel like. I tell you, there is such victory in life to get beyond what you feel like and to do what you know is right and find the victory attached to obedience, to find the grace of God that's attached to us obeying that goes beyond what our emotions. Because when you, even as I'm talking about it, I get more excited about it the more I talk about it. The greater it becomes, the more I obey. Your emotions will line up with God's word if you won't follow them. If you'll let his word be the guide, your emotions will follow you. Even in the midst of the toughest thing, your emotions will follow you if you're following him. But it says here that without faith, it is impossible to please him. Anytime God says something is impossible, brother, sister, you can bet on it. It is impossible. He said without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without this life of faith, it is impossible to please him means our getting up, our going to work, our doing our things, it all must be done in faith if it's going to satisfy him and please God. The scripture goes on to say that uh, for he who comes to God, it's a good idea if they believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Is that what it says? No, it says for those who come to him, what? Must believe, must what? Live by faith. They must approach in faith. They must approach in faith, must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Just a couple of scriptures before in the, in the first verse, it says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2, for, for by it, by faith, the elders 
obtained a good testimony. The elders obtained a good report. Why must we live by faith? Every part of our life must be done in faith because God told us to, but because without it, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible to please him without faith. I know these are simple things, but we, we take every, we ought to take every step seriously. Every action, every moment, every day, seriously, is this pleasing God today? Am I pleasing God at work? Am I pleasing God at home? Am I pleasing God in my family? Am I pleasing God in my private time? Am I pleasing God in my own thoughts? Woo, right there. You can camp right there. Brother Hagin said, you can't, you know, you can't have a thought coming in, but you can definitely make sure it doesn't stay. Are you, what kind of thoughts are you entertaining? Yeah, but I struggle with this. Well, what, who says you struggle? The Bible says you've been set free from it. You need to approach that thing in faith. You, sin shall not have dominion over you. And anything that's not of faith is sin. Living by faith is everything because without it, we can't please God. 1 John chapter 5, the fourth verse. You can look at this. 1 John chapter 5, the fourth verse. This is a, this is a good one. It says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, that, that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith has overcome. The Amplified says that the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. Why must we live by faith? Because that, that's what overcomes the world. Amen. You know, being a good person in and of yourself is not going to overcome the world. Doing and saying all the right things just because you're doing it and saying it doesn't overcome the world. It's being done in faith. Our faith overcomes the world. You know, your faith will overcome the world in your life as well. Your faith will overcome the world in your life as well. It'll overcome every opposing force, every opposing situation. It'll, it'll overcome it. Your faith has and will conquer those things. From a position standpoint, it's been done. But from an experiential standpoint, it'll come into, into existence. Your faith conquers the world. Well, when we're not seeing a whole lot of conquering, are we living by faith? And we can be living in faith in one area and yet not another. We must become proficient in living by faith in every area of our life. We live by faith because he commanded us. We live by faith because it's how we please and we live by faith because that's how we overcome. Go to Second Peter, the first chapter. I want to look at a little more in depth here on something else. I'm going to look, spend a little more time on this, but that doesn't mean it's more important. Having you know, a pleasing God and obeying God, those are the two most important things we could ever do. More important than anything else, we, by obeying and pleasing him, that's more important than anything else. But I do want to look at this here in second, let's say second Peter, first Peter, second Peter, second Peter, uh, uh, verse one, Simon, Peter, a bondservant, apostle, Jesus Christ to those who have obtained like precious faith with us. I tell you, I love that statement. He's writing to believers. He says to those who have obtained like precious faith. That word, like, that like precious faith, actually means pre- faith of the same value. Do you realize as a son or daughter of God, do you have faith of the same value? Scriptures say there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. 
You have faith of the same value, not just as Peter, but the very faith that Jesus himself has. Your faith has the same value. You know, for years I struggled with, will my faith see me through? Have you ever had those ideas, something comes up and the enemy comes, well, you know, your faith. You know, God's faith, yeah, Jesus' faith, but you know, your faith is, no, it's the faith of the same value. And we have obtained this faith. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, you, be, you have to start believing it. What is that? Approach faith, your faith, by faith. We need to reprogram how we think in so many different areas. We have like precious faith with Jesus himself. Put your, hold, hold your place or go to, to Mark chapter 11. Mark the 11th chapter. We know these scriptures very well around here. But I tell you, I want you to look at this in light of what we're talking about. Mark chapter 11 in the uh, 22nd verse. So Jesus said or answered and said to them, have faith in God. Another translation says, have the faith of God. Have the God kind of faith. Ooh, praise God. We can have the very faith of God. In fact, if you're in Christ, you have faith of the same value as our Father has and as Jesus had. I guess that's just me, but that excites me. I have the very same faith. You know, years ago, I had to get over this. You know, when it comes to believing for something or standing in faith in an area of my life, whether it be for a possession or a thing or, or whatever it is, healing or whatever it is in life, soundness of mind, I had to get past, can I believe for this? Because that's really not an issue anymore. I can because I have the faith of God. I have like precious faith, faith of the same value. How many in the church don't recognize how powerful their faith is? How explosive their faith is? How world-changing their faith is? You have the very same faith of God. You have the same faith, equal in value, equal in quality as our Heavenly Father. You have that. We have received like precious faith. He says, you've obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus as our, Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Now these scriptures, we're talking about why we live by faith, why we want to live by faith, why we want to stir ourselves up and not go through the motions, but be people of faith, right? But as he says here that his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How many things? How many things? All things. We've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. Another scripture here in Ephesians, the first chapter. You can look at, look at, look at this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Ephesians 1, 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every. How many? Every, not just some. Or most, but it says, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. The Norley translation says, we are blessed with everything heaven itself enjoys. 
We have, by his divine power, by the divine power of God, by his divine ordinance and moving, we have been giving all things that pertain to life and godliness, and we have been given every spiritual, every spiritual and earthly blessing. These things have been done for us. When God declares something is done, it's done. These things belong to us. These things are ours. Everything we need for life and godliness, godlikeness to live like him, and every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, they have been given to us. The church needs to know this, that we're not down and out, down and under, just sinners saved by grace. We were sinners, but we were saved by grace. We once were lost, but now we're found. We once had nothing, now we have everything. We once were far off, now we've been brought near. We've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. Listen, you are not lacking in any single area. By his divine power, God has made it yours. It is ours. It is ours. Every spiritual blessing in heaven and the place is the same spiritual blessing that heaven itself enjoys. It belongs to us. It has been past tense given to us. Well, why do we have to live by faith? Because that's how we access it. That's how we access it. This life of faith is how we access those things. It's one thing to have something that belongs to you. It's something else to enjoy it. Let me tell you something. God wants us to enjoy, to experience all the blessings of God, all of the things that he has. He wants us to have it so much that he sent his own son to shed his blood to purchase it for me and for you. It's ours. He secured it with the, with the sinless spotless blood of the Lamb of God. It has been purchased for me. It has been purchased for you. It is ours. It's ours. He has already given these things to us. But as good as a gift is, as good as it is that someone buys us something, we must still obtain it. We must still lay hold of those things. It's great to be given something, and it's a wonderful thing to thank God. Thank you for giving me that. Thank you for it. It's just like if somebody else gives you something. You want to be thankful. Thank you for it, but it's even more than your thanks. I want you to use it. You know, God wants us to thank him for those things, and the, and the power of thanksgiving is it helps us see what belongs to us. It helps us become more aware of what belongs to us and helps push aside the things that are competing for our attention. But seeing it alone is not enough. God wants to lay hold of it. He wants us to lay hold of those things. He wants us to walk in divine health in every area of our life. He wants us to live and walk in financial prosperity and having our needs met so that, so that we can have bigger and bigger houses. No, so that we can, yes, if we want them, if we need them, but so we can do more for the kingdom of God, so that we have an abundance for every good work. He wants us to have those things so much so that Jesus shed his blood for those things. And then he's given us this life of faith to access them. Why must we live by faith? Because that's how we lay hold of those things. Go with me to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers the 13th chapter. And this is the, the story of the children of Israel going into the promised land. 
And, uh, you know, these things were written, it's Old Testament. This was written for our benefit to look at today, to, to see what belongs to us and to see what, how we need to approach these things. In, in Numbers, the 13th chapter, we, want, we don't have time to read everything, but in Numbers chapter 13, you've got the account of here, the 12 spies being sent out into the land. And, of course, you know, they went out and, and 10 had a bad report and, and 2 had a good report. The 30th verse, Caleb quieted the people. This is in Numbers 13, 30. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once, once, and what? Take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. He said, let us go up at once and take possession because we are well able to overcome it. This was a statement of faith. It was a statement of fact in the face of, uh, of opposing information It was a statement of faith, but notice he said, we must go up and take possession of it. Let us go up and take possession of it at once, right? Because we are well able to overcome it. How could he do that? How could Caleb have that perspective? Well, because in Numbers, the 13th verse, chapter 1, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, "Send, uh, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. He had promised it to their ancestors, and now he's saying, I'm giving it to them right now. It's yours right now. It was, well, if God wants me to have it, he'll make sure I get it. That is wrong. If he wants me to have it so much, he'll make sure I, ha- I'll, I get a hold of it. I'll, I'll experience it. And that's, that's not the way it works. He wanted them to have it. In fact, he gave it to them. He said it's theirs. Does God lie? No, it belonged to him. Who gave it to him? God did. Nobody else gave it to him. God gave it to him. They still had to go out and possess it. Listen, all the promises of God are yes and amen, but they must be laid hold of. This is the life of faith that we live. Laying hold of the promises of God is why we must live by faith. It won't happen outside of this. There's no, it's not possible to do it otherwise. God cannot do what he's already done, and God cannot do what he's told us to do. God can't do what he's already done. He's already given us those things, yet he can't do what he's told us to do. We've got to possess them by faith. And your faith will work for you. Your faith will work for you. Your faith will work for you. We must possess these things. He gave us no other prescription, no other, no other means but to, to, to go about this and to do this other than laying hold of faith. There makes no sense for, God, for us to beg God to do something on our behalf. It makes no sense for us to beg God to do something on our behalf. God, please do something. A lot of times it's not asking God to do it for us or, ask, or, or to help us. People say, oh, help me. That's really not what we're doing. We're asking God to do it for us. No, we're to possess it by faith. Speak to those things. Declare those things. That's why this morning, praying over a nation, I'm going to declare that we're, we're a righteous nation. That righteousness and truth prevail. It, why? Because it looks like it? No. Did it look to the children of Israel like it was their land? No, there were giants in the land. But they had a promise from God. They had a command from God. It belongs to you. So what? He said, we're well able to do it. We need to make sure we're speaking those things, speaking life over these things. What is that? That is releasing our faith. That's living by faith. We live by faith because that's how we possess the promises that he's given us. I can tell you this. We all have room to step up. We all have room to increase and to grow. We all have room to, 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 to move forward in this area of our life, our, our life of faith. Never get satisfied with where you are. 
Because there's faith. We're, we, we walk from faith to faith. There is more to see, more to understand, and more to experience if we will make it our lifestyle. We must live by faith. We must live by faith. We can live by faith. Now, for me, this I, I like to do series on Wednesdays and on Sunday nights, and, and I'm trying to do a one and done this morning. So, so I'm, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail of these other things, but, but you understand, that's how we possess things. I was talking to somebody the other day. We were talking about our country, my neighbor. We were talking about our, our, the nation, what's going on, and, and he's a believer. And he was just saying, he was saying things like this. You know, well, I believe God's in control, and God's will is going to be done. I believe God's will will be done too. But you can say it in faith and you can not say it in faith. You can say it in a, just, well, God, you got to do this. If you want it for us, God, your will be done, right? Or you can take a position of faith. I said, no, I said, God's will is being done in our country. And I didn't correct him, I wasn't rude about it. I said, yeah, but the church, we need to pray. We need to declare these things. So many believers are looking for God to do something about their situation He has given us everything we need. Let's do something about our own situation. Take possession of these things. So we live by faith because that's how we take possession of those things. Ephesians chapter 5, the first verse. I think you were close to that earlier and go back. Ephesians chapter 5, the first verse. Verse number 1 here, it says, Therefore be imitators of God... As dear children, be imitators of God as dear children. The Amplified of that says, therefore, be imitators of God, copy him and follow his example as well beloved children imitate their father. Copy him and follow his example. This is a command of God that we follow him, that we look like him. Can I tell you this? God is a faith God. Go back over to Hebrews chapter 11. We're looking at a lot of scriptures, but we need to see this this morning. Hebrews the 11th chapter. God is a faith God. God operates by faith. Hebrews chapter chapter 11, verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by the elders obtained a good report. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed, what? By the words of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Other pastor says he calls those things which are not as though they were. He brings dead things to life. Can I tell you right now, God is a faith God. God didn't just create the heavens and the universe by, he could have done it any way he wanted to. He did it by faith. He spoke, he believed. He made something out of nothing. But you know, when he did that, he didn't stop doing it. He didn't stop living by faith. You know, I was thinking uh, earlier last night, early this morning, there's so many things I'm grateful for. There's so many things I'm thankful for in my life. His blessing in my life and all that he's done, the family I was born into, and uh, my, my dad and my mom and dad, we went to a, a funeral on, on Thursday. It was my dad's last living uncle, so we went to his funeral. He was 93, 94 years old, and, and, and my dad spoke at the funeral. And Actually, my dad didn't realize he was the keynote speaker until just a few minutes before. They forgot to tell him, oh, that's you. Pastor Anderson, so that was fun. But anyway, as uh, so he got up, he, he talked, and, and uh, one of the things he talked about is how grateful he was to be an Anderson. And, and we're right now in our family, we're in a sixth generation of believers. His great-grandmother, I think it was, 
uh, got born again. Her and her brothers had gotten born again back in the early 1900s, and and uh, they were they were not didn't come from a Christian family, none of that. They got born again, filled the Holy Spirit, and and so you have just multiple people. My my uncle, Uncle Oswald, that just went home to be with the Lord. He was 93, 94 years old, had been in the ministry for many many years, and serving in different positions, different capacities over the years. How many know you never retire from these things? You're always still serving. And uh, he had been a, a pastor and done that, and then he had stepped out of that and moved into some different things, but still working in the ministry. And, and uh, my dad had mentioned about how thankful he was that, to be an Anderson. And I'm grateful to be an Anderson. I'm grateful because, you know, we have these stunning good looks that have been given to us, and, and y'all can be jealous. But, um, I mean, just all that that means, a heritage of faith. So there's many things I'm thankful for my wife, my kids. I'm thankful for all of the stuff that God has done for He's just been good to me. But, you know, the thing that I'm the most thankful for well, obviously Jesus, that's the most thankful. But it, when it comes to life here, I'm thankful that God has never given up on me. I am thankful that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. I'm, I'm thankful that his mercy endures forever, that he's slow to anger, quick to forgive. I'm thankful that he is merciful and kind. I'm thankful that, that God sees me through faith and not who I've always been. There have been times in my life that I have not been all of the things that his word says about me. There have been times in my life, there have been times I've not been everything he said about me. I've not walked in those things. I've not, I've not exhibited those things. Have you ever been tempted to look at somebody and say, you know, I don't know if they're ever going to get it. I don't think this person, in fact, they are never going to get this. You ever ever tempted to, to think that way about something? Maybe in your own life, you know, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just never going to get this. I am so grateful that our Father is a faith God. He has never once says, that guy Greg down there, he's never going to get it. We laugh, but aren't you? I'm, I'm thankful he has never said that. He counted me faithful when I wasn't faithful. He viewed me as worthy when I wasn't worthy. If he ever gets to the point where he says, it's not possible, guess what? It's not possible. No, God's a faith God. He's never given up on us. So God created the heavens and the universe. In fact, he's still upholding the earth by, the, by his word. These things are still existing. Pastor talked a couple weeks ago, he was talking about maybe it was last week, about earth is spinning at 1,000 miles an hour. And, and how does this happen? How are we still here? I mean, just the things we see around us, it's the faith of God. It's still, he's still, it's still working by faith. It's still being held up by faith. But as an individual, my life is what it is because God still believes, still has faith, is still walking in faith towards me. So another reason why we want to live by faith and make sure we're living by faith, it's a lifestyle, not a message, because we're to imitate our Father, and our Father is still a faith God. He's still a God of faith. He's still calling those things in my life and in your life that are not as though they were. He's still speaking those things. He's still expecting those things. What is that? That's the life of faith. And we're to imitate him. We're to be like him. All of these things, he framed all the things in the world he framed. He did it by faith. I made, I made note of this. It's interesting, you know, that, that in our perspective of, of the life of faith, you know, we look at today, we have lights in the room. Who created light? Who created light? God created light. It's not a trick question, right? He said, let there be what? Let there be light, and there was light. God created light. 
He, how did he do it? He did it by what? He did it by faith. Did it exist before? It didn't exist at that time. He didn't go to the light store and purchase light and put light out there. He, he spoke light into existence. So that's how God, he did that. At, 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 he, did, he created light by faith. Who created these lights? I was going to turn the lights off. And I, thought, no, I don't want to scare anybody. Turn all the lights off in the house. Who created these lights? Who created these lights? Not a trick question. Did God create these lights? Does God have like a light, light shop? Those are Altman Fresnel lights up here. Does God own the Altman Fresnel light company? They say, is it Fresnel or Fresnel? Eric's like, whatever. All right, Fresnel, Fresnel. Who created those lights? We did. It's one thing to learn how to use what God has created to our benefit. What an awesome thing. We've learned how to harness what God has created. That is an awesome thing. God creating, we can harness it. The chair you're sitting in, did God create that chair? No. It was Fellowship Chair Company created those chairs. I know that because I had to call them this week. They created those chairs. Well, how did they do that? They did it by the elements that God created. And that's an awesome thing, that we get to access and use the things that God has created. But can I tell you this? It's more important, and it's more awesome, and it's more amazing to not just use what he's created and the process, and to use the things he's created, but to use the process by which he did the creation. I don't know if I said that well enough, but we can use what he's created, but it's a better thing to use the process by which he did it. The same God who made the light, spoke it into existence, has given us the same opportunity to call those things that do not exist as though they do. He lived by faith. He's given us the opportunity to live by faith. Not just enjoy what his faith has provided, but to live the same way. That is an amazing and amazing truth that we've been given this right, this responsibility, this opportunity to live by faith. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that he has done this. And I'll just close on this. You know, our faith, our life of faith is training ground for eternity. We know in Scripture that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that God, that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. Meaning who Jesus is and who God is is who they are right now and who they'll always be. God has never done anything based upon what he sees. He does it based on what he believes. He does it by faith. This life of faith right now, it's not a message. It's not a subject. It's not a group. It is all of those things. But more importantly, it is training ground for what's coming next. Why must we live by faith? Why, why is it that the just must live by faith? This is our training ground. He doesn't change We're co-laborers together with him. He doesn't change. He will never change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still upholding the world by his faith. He's still believing in you by faith. He's still doing all the things that he's doing by faith. He's still declaring those things that are not as they were by faith. He will continue to do that. We will rule and reign with him declaring things by faith faith. We're not going to do it by getting in there and being muscle men and women about it. We're going to do these things for him by faith. That's how we're going to do this. Faith is our life. 
I don't know if I've if I, if I, if I, if fully portrayed what's on my heart this morning or not. Be motivated. Motivate yourself to live it. Don't just let it be something you attend to or ascribe to, but let it become a lifestyle. What does that mean? Take everything that you do, and is this of faith or is it of something else? Is it approved by God or is it not approved by God? Is God's blessing, is his hand upon it or is his hand not upon it? We can do this. There is no other option. There's no plan B for you or I but to live by faith. It's our life we've been called to. Another scripture that's, that's a, a, a favorite of mine is that all creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of men. That scripture has always resonated on the inside of me. Creation eagerly awaits for the revelation, for the, for the revelation of the sons of men. For what us to step into who God's made us to be. We're the faith kids of a faith of God. We are people of faith. You're people of faith this morning. Even as I'm talking this morning, there are things that I know that the Lord is encouraging me to start approaching from faith and not by what I see. There are things the Lord is encouraging me and reminding me of. Allow him to motivate you. Allow him to bring those things to light in your life. Amen. Let's all stand. Father, we're so thankful for your goodness. Hallelujah. Father, we're so thankful for your presence this morning. Thank you, Lord, for this life of faith that you have called us to and placed us into. I'm so grateful this is more than just a message. I'm so grateful this is more than just a group to belong to. I'm grateful that it's more than just a way to get things. I'm thankful, Father, that this is a lifestyle that, you've, that I've been called to, that we've been called to. Lord, I know when you call us to do anything, your grace is there for us to achieve it, to walk it out. Father, make it my purpose. We make it our purpose this morning to approach life by faith, to approach this life by faith, to be open to the guidance of your spirit by faith, to respond by faith, to respond in faith. Father, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that we've been called to live this life, and it's a blessing. In and by the faith of the one who's called us, who's redeemed us. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.